Hello, Burlington, and welcome to Net Zero Energy. I'm Jennifer Green, Director of Sustainability for the City of Burlington, where our goal is to reduce and eventually eliminate fossil fuel usage. For today's episode, we invite back General Manager of BED, Darren Springer. Back in December, Burlingtonians approved a revenue bond to help ensure that BED can advance our efforts well into the future and help make net zero energy reality. I'm here with Darren today to hear the specifics on the bond, what approval means, and what we have to look forward to vis-a-vis net zero energy. Well, Darren, this is your second visit to the Net Zero Energy podcast. We're so happy to have you for another episode. Thanks for inviting me back. In particular, we really want to hear about the bond. So when you last visited us, you came to talk about the bond pre-vote. December 7th, the vote was approved, the bond. Can you remind folks what the bond is all about and what this will mean for Burlingtonians? Yes. And first, uh, we want to thank our community, our customers um, for their strong support for the Net Zero Energy Revenue Bond uh, on December 7th. And what this means for Burlington and for Burlington Electric is we're able to move forward in a really strong manner in terms of our net zero and reliability efforts over the next three years. Uh, The bond, once we issue, lasts for a three-year period, roughly. Um, So the way I think of it is um, we're going to have four buckets of activity. Um, We're going to see around town new upgrades to the electrical grid uh, starting uh, relatively immediately. We're we're getting to work right away on that. Those upgrades are going to improve reliability and also support our ability to add new electric uses to the grid, like electric vehicles, cold climate heat pumps, um, and other other technologies. Secondly, we're going to be upgrading our technology systems uh, here at Burlington Electric. Uh, We have some aging systems that are in need of upgrade so that we can accommodate all the forward-looking programs that we want to run for our customers. Third, we're going to be uh, maintaining our critical renewable energy facilities and also converting the gas turbine peaker plant from running on oil to now running on 100% biodiesel. That's one of the revenue bond projects. And then uh, lastly, we're going to be making capital improvements Uh, such as new EV chargers and a new electric bucket truck for our line crew and other investments um, in infrastructure that supports net zero. Those are some of the physical changes that I think we'll be seeing around the community. And then also we're going to be continuing and expanding our customer incentive programs as a result of the bond vote as well. That's really good news, Darren. So of those four things, the first thing you mentioned was grid reliability. And you said that was going to start right away. Mm -hmm. It seems particularly important as more folks are electrifying their buildings, switching from internal combustion engine vehicles to electric. So that's the first order of business. Of the other three things, sort of how will you prioritize activity and timeline? Yes, and I should mention the reason we're able to get started is our Electric Commission and the City Council approved a resolution that allows us to get moving on these projects, uh, even though we will actually go to issue the revenue bond in the spring. Um, In terms of the priority, we've really mapped it out over the next several fiscal years uh, with different projects. Obviously, um, we want more EV chargers, so we're we're looking to get going on that um, in the uh, near future. Uh, I think next year we're planning for the conversion of the gas turbine peaker to run on biodiesel. We're actually having uh, meetings and conversations with potential partners who can help us with that effort um, 
And we're going to be looking at those technology systems are going to be phased over a period of time. So we're starting with our meter data management system, moving towards some other key systems uh, that are focused on customer and financial uh, you know, information that we need to be able to provide the programs uh, for our customers and run our operations. So we're trying to phase this work over a three-year period so that uh, we're able to take full advantage of the period that the revenue bond offers us. Darren, you mentioned the gas peaker, and I bet some folks don't know that we have this backup system in the offhand chance we need it. Do you mind talking just quickly what the peaker is so that people understand? Certainly. Um, so this is uh, down near where the Moran Frame Project is on the water front, um, we have a building that houses uh, what's called a peaker plant, essentially only runs when the grid is uh, particularly strained and needs additional generation. So it runs very infrequently. It's not really a core part of our generation, which is 100% renewable. Um, But we have this asset, and it is currently runs on oil. And one of the projects we wanted to bring forward with the revenue bond was to convert that to run on biodiesel. So it also can be 100% 100% renewable. Uh, we can make it part of our core portfolio, so to speak, and uh, derive some additional value from it uh, for our community. So I think it's an exciting project. Um, the the gas turbine is essentially uh, two uh, jet engines, uh, basically, um, and they'll be running on, on 100% biodiesel uh, when this is complete. Uh, they don't run very frequently, but when they do run, we want them to run on renewable energy. So I guess in theory, as we upgrade the grid to handle more electric load, in theory, we should be depending less on that peaker anyway. Well, and, and it, it could be. It really depends. Uh, the peaker tends to run when the region has particular uh, peak events. So it's not necessarily always driven by what's happening here in Burlington, but really what's happening in New England. You'll see it run in the summertime on a really warm set of days where people are using a lot of air conditioning and the grid might be a little bit uh, strained in terms of capacity. You might also see it run in the wintertime uh, when there are other constraints on the grid. And uh, the ISO New England, which is the grid operator for New England, uh, calls on it to run in certain circumstances. What do you think, what do you think makes the bond so unique and why are other communities so interested in this? I think as far as we're aware, um, this may be one of the first of its kind, really, um, in terms of being a public power utility, uh, going out to voters to seek approval, uh, specifically to bond for a net zero goal like we have here in Burlington. And um, it's, it's a foundational investment the way that our energy efficiency bond back in 1989 really jump-started our work on energy efficiency and is now seen as, as a very much a groundbreaking investment for the community. Um, I think the net zero energy bond is going to, in the future, be similarly seen as a a groundbreaking effort. Obviously, we want to see momentum for this around the country uh, because climate change is not something that we solve uh, specifically here in Burlington. It's something that we're a part of an effort to to really address uh, on a national and international uh, stage. So anything we do here that has a positive ripple effect elsewhere is a bonus, uh, certainly in that effort. Darren, you know, we talk a lot about equity, and I know you've, you've mentioned the charging, which, of course, will have an impact on Burlingtonians. But I do wonder how the bond will move beyond sort of chargers mm-hmm. to ensure that everybody is able to participate in this energy revolution. Can you talk about the relationship between equity and the bond? Absolutely. And, and this is actually a good segue to talk about the customer incentives piece that I mentioned earlier. Um, we've really tried in, in nearly all of our customer incentive programs 
uh, to have an enhanced incentive to support our low and moderate income customers so that if uh, the incentive we offer isn't enough to help them with a electric vehicle or a heat pump or uh, another device that they're looking to uh, take advantage of, uh, we give them the maximum we're allowed to under state regulation uh, for things like electric vehicles, for example. Um, what's exciting about the bond is it gives us additional opportunity to expand those programs. And customers are going to see this relatively immediately because we're planning a set of announcements in early January about how we're going to not only continue our green stimulus incentives, which have helped a number of our low-moderate income customers get heat pumps, for example, um, but also not only continue them but expand them. Um, So in some cases, we're going to be able to offer a bigger incentive for certain technologies. In some cases, we have technologies that we haven't offered an incentive for yet that we're going to be able to uh, move into. So our goal is really to have a suite of programs that help as many folks in the community as possible. Um, And it's not just about the incentives, though. We have to be conscious that uh, to truly address the entire uh, net zero puzzle, uh, we also need policy. And that's why uh, I know you and other members of our team are working hard on things like the rental weatherization standards which will make it hopefully uh, not only, um, you know, uh, an impact on climate for renters, but also uh, make uh, more homes in the community uh, more comfortable, um, more efficient, and more affordable. So I think BED, not only through the bond, but through our efforts uh, engaging with the city on policy, uh, can have a significant impact on equity, and, and the bond gives us more tools to do that. Is there anything left that you want to share with Burlingtonians that maybe have may have been missed or that you want to highlight? I just want to reiterate, because I think it was an important part of the conversation, is um, the bond not only gives us a new set of tools to work on our net zero energy initiatives and support reliability, it also really does support our customers uh, from a financial standpoint as well. Um, Having access to the bond is going to help us um, have more moderate rate pressure over the next several years than we would otherwise, which means uh, we'll be able to uh, try to make sure that any rate changes are much more moderate than they otherwise would be. Um, and it gives us the ability to move forward on a number of key investments uh, while holding our rates at an affordable level. So that's something that's important. Um, and then the bond is going to help pay for itself over a period of time, as we outlined uh, during the lead up to the vote. So I think it's it's good for folks to know that this is a fiscally responsible strategy and a really strong climate and reliability strategy. And the one thing I would mention is we're going to uh, make a very concerted effort to uh, catalog our efforts as we go. So our customers who follow Burlington Electric on social media or through Front Porch Forum or our column in the North Avenue News or any of the other channels that we communicate, uh, we're going to share uh, photos, updates, uh, you know, the bond work in progress as we go so that people can see uh, what the resources are being used for and how it's benefiting our system. Darren, we so appreciate you coming today to 585 to update us on what the bond means and to get us excited about what lies ahead. Thanks, Jen. And thanks to all of our customers for their support. Thank you again for listening to Net Zero Energy. If you have any questions about this podcast or what BED offers regarding rebates, incentives, and technological support, don't hesitate to look for us at burlingtonelectric.com, to call us at 865-7300, or to follow us on Facebook. We're always here to help, and we look forward to engaging with you on our mutual path to net zero energy.